1: Wow, everybody. Welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. What a great show we have for you tonight. Oh, my gosh. You know, just when you don't think it can get much better, all of a sudden, I get to chat with Jonathan Blank. Now, for those of you that are not sure who Jonathan is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. But get ready for this show. Uh, Secrets of Dragon Gate, Ancient Taoist Secrets for Health, Wealth, and the Art of Sexual Yoga. This co-author has sat down and put a book together that's gonna help us with a very, very powerful message about the masters, about how each and every one of us be- can become the spiritual beings that we all were here to be. And more importantly, He's got a really cool quote from one of my favorite people on the front of his book, which he'll tell you about in a minute. But to joining me here today to share the secrets of Dragon Gate, of course, is one of the authors of the book, Jonathan Blank. Uh, the other is Dr. Stephen Liu, who is together, these two have sat down and decided that This is going to be a conversation that all of us get to participate in. We're going to learn a little bit about what this is about, what movement is about, what breathing is about. But more importantly, how to be in what one of my professors from my graduate program called the flow of things. Uh, Jonathan is an award-winning writer, filmmaker, creative technologist. He's been doing uh, high-level martial arts for over 25 years, meditation, and much more. He's joining me here today because this is a message that uh, the world is really looking for right now. How many times... Do I get on air a day and ask people what is the burning question they have in their lives? And, you know, from that, you know, we get things such as uh, my purpose. I'm looking for my purpose. I'm looking to find out how I can contribute. You know, I'm looking to see if there is a way that I could be more present in my life. I'm looking for that absolutely phenomenal, intimate, monogamous relationship I'm looking, looking, looking. Today, hopefully, today, hopefully, we'll get some answers to how this journey might go if we didn't look so much, but actually saw what was in front of us. Jonathan, thank you for joining me here today. I want to welcome you to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me on.
1: So, uh, you got an interesting quote here, uh, at, right on the, uh, the cover of a book by uh, Stephen Stephen Seagal.
0: That's right, yeah. he uh, He's an old friend of mine. I met him many years ago through a friend, and we talked about doing some different projects together. And at a certain point in his life, he was feeling that uh, he wanted to reorient things in his home and with his health. And I told him that I had this amazing Taoist master that I was studying with, who um, is a master of feng shui, which is the ancient Chinese art of placement in order to create a more harmonious uh, existence and living space. And he's also an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. And Stephen had him over and was really blown away by everything that uh, Master Liu, Dr. Liu, did for him. And as a result, uh, this is actually the first time he's, uh, allowed his name to be used to promote a book.
1: You know, and I want to ask you about that. You know, this is groundbreaking in so many ways. And, you know, uh, so I, I guess the question is, uh, why now? Why now for Dr. Liu? Why Why this book? Why this message? And why now? Because I seem to be asking that question a lot, Jonathan, <laughs> because so much seems to be rising rising up these days.
0: You know, it was really just a serendipitous series of events. I went to Dr. Liu and I said, hey, um, I'd like to write a book about Dragon Gate. And he said, that's awesome. Let's do it. Um, and maybe he didn't say awesome. Maybe that's something I would say. But he, he <laughs> gave his, his Taiwanese equivalent. and uh, And so I... Ended up writing a proposal, and I have a really great literary manager, and he took it out, and we immediately got two offers, um, which is unusual in this market for books, and he sold it immediately to Penguin, and it was just uh, one thing happened right after the other, and it came out just this March.
1: Well, I love your first question in the book. Well, it's not your first question, but it's one of the questions. When, when we talk, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to explain to our listeners what Dragon Gate Taoism is. But you, the question that I love is this question. Are you ready to become an alchemist? And I, 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 as I started to read the book, I, in, and I, I kept going back to that question as I went through here, and out of all of the things, out of all the ways you could have opened up this book, you decided to ask this question. And I want to, to speak with you about this. What it implies is that all of us have the ability to become alchemists. Is that true?
0: Well, I would say, really in truth, um, we are all actually alchemists whether we admit it or not. And I guess a more accurate question would have been, are you ready to become a conscious alchemist?
2: Oh, there you Uh, go.
0: Because we are all in the process of transformation. We're transforming uh, our food into energy that helps us live. We're transforming ideas into action that turns into manifestation in our lives. We are transforming hate into love and and love and to hate, and we're doing all kinds of transformations all the time in our lives, and what an alchemist is really doing is becoming very conscious of those transformations, and then using different methods, typically involving energy work and meditation and mantras and different um, meditation and psychological techniques in order to consciously create transformations that are in accordance with our conscious preferences for how we would like our reality to
1: manifest. So, you know, in in looking at, you know, this world, I mean, I I don't know what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear them on uh, some of the questions that the listeners are asking. They ask when we open up the phone lines, when, you know, we bring different uh, guests on the show, and the questions seem to be about, you know, how, you know, what is my purpose? I'm looking for my purpose. You know, I'm not sure what to make of my life. You know, things seem confusing. I'm struggling. And you know, complicate that with the fact that an interesting t- statistic got released this week. That statistic being that given the economy has improved, the divorce rate, the divorce rates have skyrocketed, and you know when we're looking at sort of the level of change and chaos that people are faced these days. What are your thoughts about some of the questions that people around the globe are asking right now?
0: Well, I think it is very natural and and healthy to be asking these questions. I think if mm-hmm. you're not concerned with what your purpose is and why you're here, why you were born, uh, where you go when you die, then you're really missing out on, on a key element of what it is to be human. And what separates us from other animals is our ability to consciously contemplate these very important uh, metaphysical questions. So I think that obviously your listeners are right on in, in looking for the answers to these questions. Uh, Obviously, when you have a time where there is a lot of strife going on, we're engaged in multiple wars, the economy is in trouble, we're facing uh, environmental devastation on a scale that uh, recorded human history has never known before. And clearly that exacerbates people's worries and and generates fear, which is uh, never a good place to be making decisions from because when you are in a place of fear, you end up reacting, and you go into uh, the basic fight-or-flight mode. And, and while that may get you out of a, a jam or a dangerous situation, it won't allow you to make proactive decisions that are necessarily the best ones for you in the long haul. And mm. so the Taoist concept, of course, Everyone knows there's the yin-yang symbol that is the core Taoist symbol, and it's the black swirl and the white swirl that are constantly circling one another. And in the large end of each um, swirl, there is a dot from the other swirl. So in the big end of the black swirl, there's a white dot and and vice versa. And what that symbolizes is that there is this constant flow in nature between these polar opposite energies systems that are functioning together to manifest the reality that we're experiencing. And the goal of Taoism in many ways can be summed up as wanting to exist in harmony in a natural state so that those forces yin and yang are are flowing in proper proportion and in balance. And I think what we're seeing in the there is a lot of imbalance in the world, yeah, and yeah. and people are responding to that imbalance with stress, and um, you know, divorce rate goes up, and other things that where they're reacting to the situation. And what what I think the goal is, and the way the first step to finding what your purpose is, is to get out of a reactive stance and get into a proactive stance, so that you can make positive decisions rather than reactive decisions in your life. Now, a Taoist might say, if, if you've read the Tao Te Ching, which is the classic Taoist text, the original Taoist text written by a mythological character known as Lao Tzu, yes. um, that uh, no one knows for sure if there was such a person or who in fact that person was, if he did exist. But the book that is left behind is, of course, a masterpiece of metaphysical concepts. And when you read the Tao Te Ching, what you might come to the conclusion is that there really is no way to know for sure what your purpose is. But the seeking of the purpose is what the path of life is all about. And so Seeking a purpose, seeking a profound path, seeking a path that gives you meaning is really what Taoism can help you uh, bring into your life.
1: You know, this is really, uh, I've been so looking forward, Jonathan, to to speaking with you. I just want to let our listeners know, if you're just tuning in, uh, that I am so thrilled to have Jonathan Blank turning me here today. He's a co-author of the book, Secrets of the Dragon Gate. We're going to find out what that is in a minute. Ancient Taoist Practices for Health, Wealth, and the Art of Sexual Yoga. You know, let's give our listeners an update uh, of, of, of what Dragon Gate is and okay. you know, and the Dragon Gate School, because I think there are many people that might be fascinated, as I was, with you know, hearing the term and then, of course, reading the book, but many, many Westerners haven't heard about Dragon Gate, I don't believe, right?
0: Absolutely. It, it's been a very secretive system for many years. Uh, there was a time period in ancient China where Dragon Gate Taoism was very popular, and then it receded. Dragon Gate Taoism is approximately 800 years old, and it stems from a a school of Taoism called the Complete Reality School, which is one of the main branches of Taoism that was formed by these seven legendary immortals, as they're known, who were um, really great people, uh, six men and one one woman, who ended up founding these different Taoist sects. And the... uh, the beautiful thing about Taoism, or one of the many beautiful things, actually, is that it is a philosophical system. It has no dogma and no real religious belief system. So it is very open-minded, and it doesn't try to tell you that there is only one way to do something, and if you're not doing it that way, you're going to go to hell or or be damned in some way. In essence, it's a, a different path to seeking truth or enlightenment uh, or whatever word you wish to use to express um, a heightened state of consciousness and awareness. And it's always been known throughout history as being a philosophy that's very concerned with health and well-being. And so what you see is a lot of practices for um, doing Qigong, which is energy development, and meditation exercises, and health practices, acupuncture, herbs, different foods, and um, and other advice that are designed to give you a long and healthy life. And one of the concepts behind the whole idea of Immortals is that uh, in Taoism, there are many people who are known to have lived for over 100 years, and that has always been a, a big goal within Taoism is to create um, a uh, – a beautiful place within your physical state so that you feel healthy and happy and vibrant and alive. And that then gives you the energy and the wherewithal to pursue your dreams and to follow a path with meaning. Now, another very interesting aspect of Dragon Gate Taoism in particular is that it has absorbed many of the ancient shamanic techniques from ancient China that uh, go back 5,000 years in some cases. And that is why Dragon Gate Taoism has dream yoga, and it has power guardian animal-type spirits that are similar to Native American guardian spirits, and it also has techniques like sexual yoga. And these all stem from a, a shamanic history that is not... Uh, tied down to any kind of puritanical belief system that would limit your ability to use every aspect of your life in order to help you develop a magical reality for yourself.
1: So, Jonathan, when we when we look at, at what your book is about and certainly what some of the philosophies are, it's really taking those philosophies and putting them into action in this day and time in this world. Uh, because, you know, I think many people that, um, that listen to, to certain shows or, you know, hear ideas about spirituality or certain, certain practices, certain secrets, uh, certain secrets of the ancients, of the mystics, you know, very rarely, uh, do we hear conversation about how that translates into action or movement, so to speak. But what I picked up from the book is that, you know, these philosophies, do transmute themselves into um, an action that people, or actions, so to speak, that people have to take. So it's not just about a philosophy and understanding it. It's about how to take that philosophy and, and implement it in your life every day. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is 100% correct. And there are practices in the book, Secrets of Dragon Gate, for using... Um, Dragon Gate principles in every aspect of your life. So, in the in the way that you eat, in the way that you breathe, in the way that you sleep, in the way that you make love with your partner, um, in the way that you organize your home and your workplace, the Dragon Gate system takes a very holistic view of life, and and that stems in part from the whole Taoist concept that. Uh, of the microcosm and the macrocosm. And at its root, Taoism believes that people are a microcosm of the universe. And so we are able to gain knowledge of the universe by going within. But the same principle applies to every other aspect of your life, too. So every piece of your life is, in essence, uh, a hologram. And so it contains the entire image of your whole life within every piece. And so you can create change. You can create significant change within your entire life by focusing on any given part of it at any time.
1: What was it about your path and your journey, Jonathan, that led you to this discovery? I mean, you know, I certainly I certainly look back at my own career. I mean, I, 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 I didn't grow up or have any... Uh, aspirations at all about, you know, being on talk radio or doing what I'm doing, having these, you know, just really cool conversations like the one we're having now, you know, it found me. What was your journey about? Did it find you or were you the seeker or is it both?
0: I would say that it's uh, been a a combination of the two. I tend to be more of a seeker and when I was a little boy, there was a show on TV called Kung Fu. Oh yeah, uh, that starred David Carradine. Yeah, and he was this Buddhist monk who, um, contrary to his deepest desires of peace and harmony, still had to kick some butt every week uh, in order to get by in the Old West. And I was captivated by that concept of a of a Buddhist monk who still had these uh, abilities and could deal with himself in the world when he had to. And as I grew up, I started taking martial arts and studying martial arts. And the um, martial arts systems are very linked into Buddhism and Taoism. And so naturally, as I started learning more, I was drawn into both those philosophy systems. and. Uh, I went to Columbia University in New York for college, and at the time there was a guy there who was a very famous Taoist master named Franklin Kwong, and he, was, uh, he taught Tai Chi and Bagua, which are two Taoist martial art forms, and he also taught Taoist meditation and other Taoist techniques. And I studied with him for many years until he passed on, And that really got me rolling on the path that um, has taken me to where I am today. So So, since that time, I've met many amazing teachers. Some of them are Taoists. Some of them are Buddhists. Some of them are uh, uh, shamanism teachers and teachers of other esoteric traditions. And what I've seen, of course, I think uh, all your listeners probably have found this, too, is that the great teachers are often teaching very similar ideas, typically packaged in different language or different methodologies. But the, but the basic teachings and the essence of these systems all point to the same core concept, which is that we are spiritual energy beings, that we can learn how to manipulate our energy in a way so that we are able to manifest reality in accordance with our conscious preferences in order to create an environment for ourselves which is nourishing and fulfilling. And, and I think that's what everybody is looking for.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, one of the things I think it's really important for us to do is at least give folks an overview on what the gates are, and you know, just just take them through this uh, a, a little bit at a time. But one other way to do it is, you know, uh, is by me asking you a question. For example, you know, I was really struck by uh, the the second gate, the foundations of health, and what's written in here. And I, let me tell you why I was struck by it. it you know, it's, it's like my mother used to say to me, you know, you never really know what you have until you don't have it anymore.
0: You know, you don't really have an appreciation, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things for sure is you don't really know what good health is all about until you don't have it anymore. And you talk about the quality of life. So what I would love for you to share is some insights on how this second gate, how these foundations of health um, really translate to giving us the essence of what we need to actually achieve the idea that health is wealth?
0: Okay, that's a great question. Um, the I divided the book into these nine gates, and each gate focuses on a different element of Taoist philosophy or practice, and the second gate is really focusing on the foundations of health. Health, of course, as you pointed out, is the cornerstone of, of all practice. If you can't... Um sit comfortably, you can't meditate. If you're in pain all the time, it's going to cause all kinds of physical, emotional, and mental problems. And many people are suffering in pain um, all the time. And oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's why you see the, the drug sales are so enormous. And the addiction problems with the pharmaceutical drugs is a very significant problem. So the Taoists have these ideas on health, they, I would say that among all philosophy systems, the Taoists are probably the most concerned with health of anyone. And that is because longevity was such a strong part of the whole philosophy from the very beginning. So what I did is I looked at all the Taoist teachings that I had learned over the last 25 years, and I in, Uh, took it apart and then reformulated it into these six basic principles. And the six principles are, come from looking at people in nature and, and what we need to survive in order to be healthy beings. So of course the first, the first key is breathing. Because if you don't, uh, breathe for just a matter of a few minutes, you're going to die. So breathing is obviously the most important thing that people do in order to survive. Now, the Taoists have very advanced ideas on how you're supposed to breathe. In the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu says that we should all be breathing like babies. And Mm -hmm. if you see a baby breathe, if you get a chance, check it out. Their bellies go in and out. And... And so what the Taoists say is breathe from your abdomen. And and what that really means is when you expand your abdomen, you create a lot more room for your lungs to expand and you're breathing in a lot more air. And the Taoists um, focus a lot on the navel. The navel is the key point in most Taoist practice. And so you breathe to your navel. And when you learn how to breathe correctly, it really stimulates your energy, which the Taoists call qi and gives you uh, a lot more vitality. And, and the benefits to your health from simply learning how to breathe correctly if you've been breathing incorrectly are really transformative, and I've seen it many, many times. Uh, and it's kind of remarkable that we do not teach people how to breathe unless you're an athlete or a dancer uh, or someone who really has to learn how to breathe as part of their work the, you know, if you play a horn instrument, you learn how to breathe. But uh, the average person is never taught how to breathe, and it's the thing that is most important for life.
1: So that's but don't first. you think, don't you think, Jonathan? I'm sorry for interrupting you, but no, I no. wanted to ask you this question. Don't you think that in this culture, let's just talk about, you know, in the United States, for example, don't you think that you know this is really very, very linked to the fact that we are also trained not to show our emotions. And and what I mean by that is, you know, if you are always on, let's call it, if if you're always on call to not show your emotions, to not express yourself, um, especially in the workplace, then you're continuously holding your breath, so to speak.
0: You know, I actually hadn't thought of that before, and I think that's a fascinating idea, and I think it's accurate. Um, and, and you can probably take that further in terms of, of all the ways people are repressing different Feelings that, are, and all of these mental states that are associated with these feelings are all associated with different breathing patterns. So, if you see uh, someone who's angry, they're typically breathing very sh- quickly and very shallow. And when someone is in love, they're typically breathing a lot more like uh, a Taoist would encourage them to breathe. So, uh, yes, definitely. Um, the the idea of creating a holistic health pattern for people is not something our society has has focused on and in fact as you point out it's it's focused on on things that actually take us in the opposite direction and mm-hmm. and that suppress the uh, pursuing these different paths that would lead us to greater health
1: Well I mean and then you know um, uh, you know you also go on to talk about, um, some of these other keys, which I am so, yeah, I'm telling you, you, you know, I'm so intrigued by the way you've laid this book out. We're going to take a short break when we come back. We're going to be talking with Jonathan. He's going to give us some of these other keys that are so important, you know, very, very important to making sure that our health is our wealth. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm your host. For more information about us, you can go to www. DoctorPatLive.com, or you could go to the Doctor Pat Show. Uh, if you want to find out more information about this book, and uh, you can, and, and Jonathan, you can go to SecretsOfDragonGate.com. SecretsOfDragonGate.com. When we come back, Jonathan's going to share some of these other keys that, if you did nothing else, if you did nothing else in your life. These very, very fascinating, simple, but I didn't say easy, six keys to a healthy life will change your world. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Jonathan Blank and I take you down that road to, dragon, to the secrets of Dragon Gate. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Do you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset, and behaviors like eating well taking the right nutrition for the body exercising and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs with CRA i will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle call us at 888-777-4232 that's 888 888- 777 4232 and visit us at MaryJaneMack.com. Are you tired of hanging on to things in your life that hold you back? Get ready to reclaim your fearless nature with Annette Bingham. Annette has been a catalyst for helping people achieve maximum results. Known for her breakthrough approaches, she will assist you to unleash your true power. Her unique distance healing techniques have been empowering people globally. Get ready for a life-changing event to step into your fearless nature. For more information, visit AnnetteBingham.com or call 432-770-4062. Do you ever get so frazzled you find it difficult to function? Many people are experiencing more stress and fear than ever. When we react from this place of fear and stress, we end up damaging relationships and creating more grief in our lives. Lynette McKenzie has a solution for you. The Energy Emergency Toolkit. 10 easy tools to go from frazzled to fantastic in five minutes. Visit openlivenow.com and download your free Energy Emergency Toolkit and go from frazzled to fantastic Now, after a 15-year search for a truly delicious, healthy, easy-to-prepare organic meal, Savitri and Adil Pakivala founded Eastern Essence. They set out to do what their friends and business acquaintances thought impossible, to produce delicious, healthy, vital food grown in harmony with nature and to promote organic farming in India. Happy food, happy people, happy planet. For more information, go to easternessence.com. That's easternessence.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I want to welcome you back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by Secrets of Dragon Gate, you know, this is, I want to just tell all of you out there uh, that are listening, I mean, certainly if you've missed any part of this, you'll be able to get it at the com or TransformationTalkRadio.com or BBSRadio.com, uh, download it and listen to it in, in detail, but I, I would really love to encourage you to go out and get this book, The Secrets of Dragon Gate, and the reason that I, I'm saying that is I get a lot of books across my desk, and here's what I've come to know. There are books that you love to read that are just take you into some fantasy, some great world, some philosophical conversation. And then there are other books that you could read that you pick up that are going to help you change your life now. And to have a book like this being laid out in such a way to take such complex ideas and break them down so that when you're done with chat with the first gate and the second gate, You actually are doing something to change your life. And the way Jonathan and Dr. Liu have done, have put this together and have done this is nothing short of brilliant. And so, Jonathan, I I can't thank you again for joining me here today. And I don't know if you picked up or not why I went immediately to the health, to to the, to the health chapter, to the second gate foundations of health. Um, because I've been at that place. Where I didn't have my health, and my health is coming back now, and you know, if I would have had these six keys that you've laid out and I, and I would have known about them, I just wonder how how more quickly I would have gotten through the process. so thank you for for being here tonight.
0: Well, you are so welcome, and uh, it's funny because a lot of people jump right to the chapter on sexual yoga) <laughs> <laughs> It's good to get the opportunity to talk about the health, uh, because really, as as you have pointed out so eloquently, health is wealth, and if you've got your health, uh, you really have so much that you've got to appreciate it. And if you don't have it, you know, there are things you can do to feel better right now. And um, you know, if there's anything I can do to help people feel a little bit better or a lot better, it really is a great uh, pleasure and enjoyment for me to be able to do that.
1: Well, thank you. Let's talk about um, let's talk about the, the next key, which is really about drinking water and yeah. about water in general. You know, we hear a lot about this in our culture, and I would venture to say that we are probably. Uh, one of the richest countries in the world when it comes to the resource of water, and we pretty much don't really even understand what enough water is
0: yeah i you know the again the, like the first key was breathing, and if you stop breathing for a few minutes, you die well, if you stop drinking water for a few days, you will die, and so that's why it's number two and Um, I don't know how many times I've been talking to a friend and they tell me they have a really bad headache and I tell them to go drink a big glass of water and their headache goes away. Drinking water is the easiest and most powerful and best thing you can do to improve your health because all you have to do is drink water. You don't have to do anything else. There are no exercises. It just creates Um, a much healthier system in your body right away. It helps you get rid of waste. It helps you digest your food. It is really integral to good health. And when you drink, you want to drink clean water. And and I personally recommend filtering your water at home and and avoiding buying bottled water because uh, the plastic leaches BPH into your water that you're drinking in the first place. And in the second place, It's really environmentally unfriendly because of the oil used to package all of that and and bring that water to wherever it is that you buy it. And um, in addition, the petroleum used to make the plastic that uh, holds your water. So if you can filter your own water at home, there are a lot of great filters out there available, and drink that on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, if you want to know how much to drink, Generally, the the best advice is drink enough water so that your urine stays clear all day long. And, Absolutely, uh, and that's what you're striving for. So, uh, and and avoid sodas and things with caffeine. I mean, I like a good cup of coffee uh, and tea and things like that, but you don't want to be drinking that all day long. You want to be drinking water all day long. So that's the second key. Um, the third key is food, of course, because that's the third thing in importance. If you don't eat food for, um, it depends on the person, but a week, two weeks, some people can go longer, a month sometimes, but at a certain point you're going to die because you need food to survive. And what you want to do is eat food that nourishes you. And if you've ever had a chance to read a book by Michael Pollan uh, called The Botany of Desire or The Omnivore's Dilemma, he lays out some of these ideas that so much of what uh, presents itself in the supermarket nowadays is not really food, or at least, as he says, food that your grandmother would recognize as food. And so what you want to get are fresh fruit and vegetables. If you can buy organic, that's better. But um, there are a lot of fruit and vegetables that are have pretty low pesticides, even if they're not organic and eating whole foods, whole grains, and so on to nourish your body, and, so, and and learning to listen to your body so you know when your body is saying, I want water, I want food, and, and giving it the healthy kind of food that you need to survive. Now, the fourth key is exercise, and you won't die if you don't exercise, but you may start to feel like you're dying, and the... The Taoists like to say, and this is in the Tao Te Ching, that a working hinge gathers no rust. And uh, there's other, you know, similar metaphors, a rolling stone gathers no moss and so on. But the idea is that things that are in motion tend to be able to stay in motion and they retain their fluidity and limberness. And so what you want to do is a variety of exercises, that exercise your cardiovascular system, your um, muscles and skeletal system. And so uh, strength and agility are things that you want to focus on. And you want to go about exercising in a way that is smart and responsible. If you haven't been exercising at all, don't go to the gym and do a two-hour workout and, and wake up the next morning feeling terrible and wish you'd never done it. So start off with 10 minutes 15 minutes, work your way into it, get into a regimen, and start doing that on a regular basis. The um, fifth key is sleeping correctly and sleeping enough. If you don't sleep correctly or enough, um, at a certain point, your REM state, which is your dream state, will begin manifesting itself in your waking hours, and you can start having hallucinations and other mental problems. So you want to make sure that you sleep enough and that you get good sleep? And there are a number of recommendations in the Secrets of Dragon Gate book and some techniques that will help you um, get a good night's sleep. And moreover, the Taoists have developed techniques to enable you to use your sleep state as another state in which you can develop yourself spiritually and mentally. And there are a number of techniques in the book on how to do what's known as dream yoga and other dream manifestation techniques that are really powerful and, and also very simple and easy to do. Now, the yeah, and thing-
1: also, yeah. also what you have in the book here, and this is what I want to say to everybody, is uh, you know, we're giving you a brief overview of, of uh, you know, detailed steps that Jonathan lays out for you in the book. Uh, so examples are you know, what to do before going asleep. And so the the entire book is filled with these precious nuggets of actions, things that you can do to change perhaps a lifetime pattern. And so I just want to make sure you all know that, you know, Secrets of Dragon Gate, you know, not only talks to you about the philosophy, but it gives you an opportunity. It's really an invitation for you to change your life on a day-to-day basis. And I I think that's, you know, as I was listening to you and and kind of going through these, and I was really looking at the sleeping um, exercises that you had in the book, and I thought, you know, wow, this is so easy. You know, why don't we know about this? I mean, I think I said that about 100 times, Jonathan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and I really wanted to keep it as easy as possible, because there are always uh, more complicated exercises that you can do. But uh, what I have Seen Now from training many people over the years is that when things get too complicated people unless they're you know really driven stop doing them and what I would tell your audience is that you can do these things by just making a few small changes in your day-to-day routine and it doesn't take a lot of time and the best thing you can do is start small, and start regular. So practice small amounts on a regular basis. Make it a daily practice, like brushing your teeth. Make it something that's part of your life, and the mm-hmm. changes will just flow out of that in ways that will amaze you. Uh, I have seen it over and over again. So,
1: Well, you know, I mean, one of the things is many people call this uh, the the dreaded sixth key. Uh, which is meditate regularly. How many times, how many times have you know you got into this part of your lecture or the conversation, and half the people in the room get glazed over?
0: Well, usually uh, when I'm giving a talk, it's people who are already interested to some extent in meditation.
1: Okay. All so right.
0: I think that they, but of course, meditation uh, proves to be challenging for many people. And so what I advise is meditate for five minutes.
1: I love it. I've um, already done this. I love this. I I love the way you laid this out. I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody actually gave me permission that I could meditate for five minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. If you start off trying to meditate for half an hour you're going to find it to be, um, I mean, most people, I know when I started, it was very challenging to do long periods of meditation. And uh, I went through periods of my life where I was doing many hours of meditation a day, uh, and it's extremely challenging. It's, it's challenging mentally and physically. But you don't need to do that much to get the benefits. You can get the benefits from meditation by doing just five minutes. And if if five minutes, if you have trouble with five minutes, and uh, almost everybody can do five minutes the first time without a problem, but do three minutes. And uh, there are a few very easy-to-do meditation techniques in The Secrets of Dragon Gate that you can follow without a teacher. They're virtually impossible to get wrong, so you don't have to worry that you're doing something wrong. Just follow the uh, instructions in the book, and... And I advise setting a timer. A lot of people say don't set a timer because you don't want anything to disrupt your meditation. And I think you you if, if you're like me and you have uh, things to do in your life and you're fitting meditation into a busy life, I'd say set a timer. Know how much you're meditating. And, you know uh, you know
1: why I love this why I love the timer idea and you're actually one of the first people that I've come across that really encouraged this because once the timer is set you can take your mind off the time
0: absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's so correct and so and so instead of sitting there going I wonder how long this is going <laughs> I, I wonder if I have to go pick up my kid at school or uh, if the roast is burning or whatever it is you just set it and forget it. And set a timer with a nice, if you have, most people now have cell phones that have all these different ringtones and pick a nice meditative chime and set the tone to low and it'll ring after five minutes with a really pleasant sound and you'll know that your time is up. And then if you're enjoying it, um, add a minute at a time to your meditation schedule. And it's fine if you work your way up to doing 20 minutes of meditation and one day you don't have much time, just do five minutes that day. Give yourself permission to do whatever you have in in your schedule to do, and don't feel stressed out about it. Meditation is designed to reduce your stress, not make you more stressed. So if your meditation instruction is getting you more stressed, you need to find other kinds of meditation instruction. And so the Dragon Gate is, Is all about being natural and being easy, and uh, that's what I've tried to convey in this book.
1: Oh, yeah, you've done it. And let me just tell all of you out there, uh, Jonathan and I are not going to get to everything in this book, and I'm actually uh, hoping that you will come back, Jonathan, so we can do part two of this. Um, I would love to come back. I would love to to have you come back but before you know we finish today I did want to talk about the fourth gate. And and why did I pick the fourth gate? Because I think it it falls in line with what what we've been talking about so far today. And that is cultivating the mind. Boy, I'll tell you there has been so much out recently about the mind. You know, some people say that the movie The Secret literally opened up the door you know, for mainstream America to really understand a little bit more about the power of the mind. But this particular chapter is is really loaded. I wanted to ask you to talk about the power of the mind from, you know, the Taoist point of view. Well,
0: at its core, Taoism holds that reality is a thought construct. And so uh, you are essentially the author of your reality. Now, while that's easy to say, of course it, it is much more difficult to actually realize and to experience. And I think we all get flashes of experiencing it, but then something happens and you feel very much like a victim of the circumstances that you were in. And so what the Taoist try to do is develop the strength and power of your mind so that you have the ability to more consciously manifest things in accordance with your conscious preferences. So there are a number of techniques to do this, and they start off with very basic visualization techniques, because what you want to be able to do is see in your mind's eye that which you want to bring into your reality. And so it starts off with um, with visualization. Now, all of these techniques are predicated on the idea that you have good health. And again, because you need to develop your energy through the breathing exercises that are taught in the book, and your chi or your energy then becomes another key element in your ability to focus your mind. The Uh, many of you are probably familiar with the whole concept of kundalini yoga, where you visualize a serpent coiling around your spine and moving up to your head. And that is also, a similar concept is in Taoism, and the idea is that you take your reproductive energy, and that is the energy that is captured in physical form in, in the sperm in men and in the egg and women and that has the capability of of creating an entire new human being. And if you think about the power that's captured there, it's tremendous. And that reproductive energy then can be channeled and developed into what the Chinese call qi or energy, the internal energy which it flows through your meridians in your body and that when you go to an acupuncturist, what they are doing is adjusting your chi or energy flow by sticking needles into points along those meridians. So you develop your energy and you send the energy up your spine and into your head, and it works to further develop your mental capabilities. And by developing your mental capabilities through qigong, through visualization, through meditation and through the other exercises that are outlined in the book, you gain greater ability to create a reality that's in accordance with your conscious preferences and also to deal with reality when it's not in accordance to your, uh, with your conscious preferences.
1: So, when we're looking at and I just want to say there there are some just beautiful, beautiful exercises in, in in the book on this to help us really tap into that power you know this is for many people the notion of being able to create our own reality, so to speak is has become a yearning, if I might say, and what I mean by that is That you know, we're sort of on the fence with this. I think, Jonathan. I think there are millions of people now that have been introduced in the notion that we can create our own reality, and yet don't have the tools to do it. So you know, if you're like me and have had to learn this the hard way, you understand the frustration of having an idea that you can't bring to bear. And I wanted to ask you about the cultivation of the mind. You know, how does that? help us create or visualize or enact or manifest whatever the language is manifest the lives we desire if
0: the whole idea is that if you if anything according to Dallas philosophy and uh, other systems of philosophy as well anything that you're going to manifest in your life is something that you have Mentally, at some level of consciousness, created yeah. before you experience it in your physical reality. Mm. So in order to gain a greater facility, it, it, I, you know, one of the things, uh, a great lesson that I learned is, you know, often when things happen that I'm not happy with, I sit around and I say to myself, why did I do this? And, and really, you know... Um, I learned over time that that really is not that healthy a response because you can it 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 ends up fostering um, a victimhood stance where you think of yourself as a victim of the circumstances in your life and that takes you further away from conscious creatorhood and a much better way to view things that and you can use this both for things that are positive in your life and things that you may view as negative in your life. But instead of saying, why did I create this, think to yourself, how did I create this? And by changing that question in your mind, you have immediately empowered yourself in a very profound way because your stance comes then from the perspective of I am manifesting this. And so if I want to learn about how to manifest things in my life, the best way I can do that is by studying what I'm already doing because I'm assuming that I am already manifesting what I'm experiencing. So the chapter that you're citing has a number of very specific techniques that guide people in the ability to answer that question for themselves. To, to analyze what they're doing and to understand how it is that they're creating what they're creating. And I'm not saying that you're going to um, instantly be able to, you know, decompile uh, reality and understand it the way you could take apart a car engine, for instance. But what you start to get are flashes of insight, and you start to see the connections and, and the, the steps that you've taken in your life in the way that you perceive time and space and reality so that things formulated in the way that they ended up formulating. So the the chapter in particular gives you um, a number of very simple techniques. For instance, I already mentioned the visualization, but there are, um, you can simply sit in a meditative state and think about your thoughts. And one of the things that um, I think Is a a challenge for people when they meditate is that everyone tells you when you meditate you want to silence your mind and silence your internal dialogue and that is a very challenging thing for most people and you don't have to do that you can use the thoughts that are in your mind as part of your meditative practice and again this goes back to the Taoist idea of existing in harmony with nature flow with what is occurring rather than swimming upstream. Go with it the way water flowed through the Grand Canyon and wore down that giant hole in the ground over the course of millennia. You can follow those same natural patterns in yourself. So when you are sitting in meditation and you have thoughts, look at for where those thoughts come from and just study those thoughts and then look where those thoughts go. And, and that is one technique that you can use to decompile your your mental capabilities and how your mind is working. And the chapter has several other ones, too.
1: Oh, my gosh. There's so much. Jonathan, I hope you will come back. I would so love uh, to continue this conversation with you and certainly talk about the five elements of life. But I want to thank you for a fabulous, fabulous book. And, of course, Dr. Liu as well and uh, what a pleasure it has been to spend this time with you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. It's been great. I loved your energy, and uh, it was a great conversation.
1: And I want to make sure all of you know, Secrets of uh, Dragon Gate uh, is available just about everywhere, but check out the website, secretsofdragongate.com. Lots of information there. Uh, this is a book that I recommend to all of you. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show
2: you stepping down. Your soapbox is way too high, overgrown. You can barely see the ground. Touch the sky, you're high horse It's taken north and left to you Nowhere to be found Better off dead Well, so you said, but don't worry We all fall down somehow